My name is Willie Bolin. I study influence, persuasion, and leadership in selling and sales management, and I teach people how to sell. In this podcast, we'll talk to some of the world's top sales leaders and see what we can learn from them. Welcome to the Sales Lab. Hello, welcome back. This is part three, the conclusion of our discussion with Grant Van Olbrich from Royal Caribbean. We're going to continue talking a lot about organizational change. Specifically, we'll talk about dealing with resistance to change efforts from salespeople. Grant will introduce us to his scared so what model that helps with this issue. And then he'll provide us with some book recommendations. By the way, he also has his book recently out, Transforming Sales Management. And I will make sure that that is linked on the Sales Lab website. Hope you get something out of it. We have this program on board uh, in the cruise industry where we have a travel agent, uh, internal travel agent, actually on the ship. Um, they're called Future Cruise Programs. So I don't know. Have you taken a cruise before, Willie? A long time ago. <laughs> there you go. Well, there's usually somebody on board that their job is to try to entice you to come back. It's a, a sales job. book or something. Yeah, yeah you read book on board. And that was my very first job in the cruise industry. It was a port and cruise consultant. Part of that, it was I sold future cruise deposits or, or whatever, something to try to get people to come back. But part of my my public works was I, I took the program and completely overhauled it. Uh, it used to be just one person, very manipulative. And I actually made it a whole sales team and build out luxury travel agencies on board our ships worldwide and to where their, their sole purpose was to support sales and support the customer. And in doing so, we would always get the question from the customer on board saying, well, why should I not just go and book Carnival or book uh, P&O or TUI or Princess? You know, tell me why, why, tell me, you know, like we had the inside scoop. And I, I told all of my salespeople, which was about 300 around the world at the time, um, on the different ships, I said, absolutely under no circumstance is anybody ever able to badmouth another cruise brand. It is beneath us and it's just not the right thing to do. When you're asked that question, you should honestly and openly explain to them because they don't know, they're asking, they're missing information. Explain to them the positive differences between the brands and what they do. Take the negative and turn it into positive and be honest, be genuine. If you look at cruise lines and what we came up with, how do you say that in an elevator speech? Most people know what a, ho a hotel is, and most people have stayed at a hotel in their lives. And if you think from brands, there's Best Western, Cru or Best Western Hotels, and there's Ritz-Carlton and the W Hotels, and there's everything in between. Sure. None of them are bad. They're all for different people and different audiences. And at different points in your life, you may choose. If you're 20 years old, you might stay at the Best Western because it was $20 a night. If you're 50, 60 years old, you might stay at the Ritz-Carlton because you want something different. That's the key. They're all yeah. brilliant in what they do. They're designed to support segments of the world population and you at different points in, journey, in the journey of your life. That's the exact same thing about cruise brands. They all target different audiences. They build their ships differently to support different target audience needs. Um, and, you know, within our brands, you can go from entry-level family all the way up to super, super luxury. So if you explain it honestly, and if you explain it positively and give people a, an open, you know, an ethical right, a right way to look at it, then you're being truthful in sales uh, and you're helping yeah. people to understand. They're learning. You're helping them understand the difference. And I think that's where, where sales needs to get to. Um, you know, we all see these TV commercials now today of, 
the person spinning up upside down, you know, trying not to go to the car dealership and buying cars online. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't have the guts to buy a car online uh, unseen, yeah. but I get it. Sales is looked at as still that toxic, old, nasty world. And we've got a lot of work to do together to change that. Indeed. <laughs> so let me ask you about somebody you've tried to lead, like the most resistant person, the hardest person you've ever tried to lead. You're trying to apply these models and you're trying to be transformational. I mean, have you had anybody that just was stuck, that just wouldn't respond the way you, you thought they would? And, and, and what did you do about that? You know, it's funny you say that. There is a person that comes to mind over this journey. We've taken all of, all of what we've learned through our partners at Middlesex University and Consalia, the sales business school, and the journeys uh, with our, our partners around the world and other global corporations and build it into a sales academy. It's a digital sales academy that we have internal um, for all the different areas of sales. And they're designed, these, these, these pathways, these learning pathways are designed to help whether if I'm a territory manager, an account manager, sales support, or a contact center, it's designed to help them in, to know what is my job, how do I do my job, and where does the sales science and psychology support that so I can actually truly learn and grow. During, we, we built all of these programs and these, these uh, pathways together with the employees. So in each pathway, we would bring the actual leaders and the people doing and performing the jobs together. But we would also bring the trainers, uh, training managers around the world into these workshops as well, too, when we design and work them. Oddly enough, the sales team members and the sales leaders drank it just absolutely drank it as refreshing. The guidance was missing. The ability to develop in their own pathway and have, a, have their hand in it uh, uh, was very enticing for them. It was a trainer, one trainer, that looked at me and said in the workshops, that's not, everything out of his mouth was, that's not going to work. That can't happen. You can't do that. Well, I know better. You know, I'm a certified coach, et cetera, and that isn't going to work. And I just thought, my gosh, how did you become so negative in your years of wisdom that you know absolutely everything and there's no more room for learning? Yeah. And, and you know everything and it, and it happens to be that uh, everything is negative and impossible. And, and right. <laughs> that's and, it's all, and it's all the company's fault, all about these unrealistic targets. And I thought to myself. How am I going to get this person? Because their job is to support everything we're building. And their job is to then go out on the road with the salespeople and grade them, you know, or coach them or document their performance. And I thought, this is dangerous if they don't believe or support anything that we're trying to do. Yeah. So what I chose to do was to sit with this person in a one-on-one. And I went to their supervisor before because they didn't report to me. I went to their super supervisor before and said, I'm having these difficulties. I'd like to sit and just talk with them. And so they said, go right ahead. And so I did. And I used coaching on the coach, which was dangerous. Because <laughs> he was a certified coach and I wasn't. Uh, so I thought, where am I going here? But what I decided to do was take the scared so what model and use that instead of the professional model he was taught on, which was the grow model. So I just used it. I said, are you surprised by where we're going? Yeah, I am. I'm very surprised by this. You know, we have training. Okay. Are you conflicted or do you champion where we're going? I just used the model. And I said, what actions could you do 
And that's when I was stone cold silent. And it was about 10 minutes. And it was, it was the challenge, right? It was who's going to talk first. Mm-hmm. And he talked first because I did outrank him in position, but um, mm-hmm. he did talk first. And at that moment, that's when he opened the door to why are you doing this? And what does it mean for me personally? And I thought, oh, here we go. This is not about what I'm building. This has nothing to do with the new sales approach. This has everything to do with him. He's a trainer. I'm leading sales transformation as a global director. We now have a challenge here and I'm invading his potential career space. So my biggest detractor was somebody who didn't see himself in the corporate vision. Mm. And, And that was shocking. And and so what we did was I turned it around and let him know that you have every right to be and every right to be here and participate. And if you want my job, you can have it as well, too. But the attitude, how are you going to change that? How do you come on board and how do you allow yourself to learn something new? And he walked his way through it. He he walked his way through it. But once we got out, what was the, the real issue? What was he surprised about or conflicted about? Uh, through action, he was able to see, okay, there is a place for me. Took a long time. Took mm-hmm. a lot of hard work. Um, and and again, if I go back to transformational leadership or transactional leadership, some people would have said, just get rid of him. Go to the supervisor and say he isn't worth it. That's leading. I'm leading. I'm delegating. I'm telling. I'm, I'm directing. I'm saying this person is, is sabotaging our, our thing. The transformational leadership side says to me and how I view it is to say, take the extra mile get with them to understand what their wants and needs are because work is personal. Yeah. It's part of your everyday life. You're absolutely right. It's personal. And had I not done that, I would have recommended to fire somebody who was sabotaging us left, right, and center um, versus bringing on and then allowing them to be the best champion for the program. Mm. And that worked out. He ended up being the champion. Absolutely. I'm still the leader, but he's still championing. (laughs) which is good. And all of the negativity has gone out the door to now saying, this is what we should do, right? He now allowed himself to be open to teach it, to train it, to teach it. Well, another parallel between selling and leading, but, you know, I mean, we tell this to young salespeople all the time that, you know, if you get resistance from this prospect or this buyer uh, and and you think it's a bad sign, but but if you're really able to convert that person, then, then that person's converted for life, Right. And the same thing with leadership from what you're saying, right? That if, okay, I hit resistance and we all want to say, ooh, wouldn't it be better if everything just went exactly the way we wanted it to go and we could snap our fingers mm-hmm. and people would want to do what we want them to do? So, yeah, but if, if you dig a little deeper, if you do the work, you know, that person Del- is going to- Delicately and respectfully. Totally convinced, you yeah. know, it's like somebody who switches political parties midway through life, you know, very unlikely that that person is going to switch again, I would guess, right? Because yeah. they've- been convinced uh, from one side to the other, not just left alone in their in their silo, right? Agreed. Um, okay. Well, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I, I got a couple of questions I try to always ask uh, about book recommendations, or and, and you've mentioned, you know, maybe we can even be more specific because you've mentioned various models and different things. So, like, where can somebody go to learn more about this? Be it a you know a, a book that we can put up on the website, link to, or a website, or where where do we go to learn more about transformation and leadership and all of these things? There's there's some great books, obviously, if you can imagine, you know, doing the masters and and the PhD as well too. But some that I would just highly recommend. Uh, Dr. Philip Squire has a book out called Selling Transformed. 
Um, he was, uh, and it's, it's new, it's out on Amazon, everybody can get it, um, Selling Transformed. And he was my headmaster through the Consalia Sales Business Program and Academy. And he's also been our main support architect through all of the Spark Sales Academy that we've built here at uh, Royal Caribbean. So Selling Transformed by Dr. Philip Squire. Um, another book that I highly recommend is by Jason Jordan and Michelle Vazana um, mm-hmm. from Vantage Point, Cracking the Sales Management Code. That book for me was just my biggest aha moment in the Sales Master's Program. Um, that's where it was about leading change and leading differently. And I really enjoyed that book as well, too. And oddly enough, um, uh, my, I, I'm writing my own book, which will be coming out in 2023 through Kogan Page um, and Transforming Sales Management. So watch for that. You can follow me on my website, scaredsowhat.com. There'll be more information about that there. But those are, are probably two of my favorite books that are out there right now. I also would very much champion uh, leading change, um, anything from John Cotter and Daryl Connor. Daryl Connor is probably the most realistic to, to, that I identified with because he looked at leading uh, change from both aspects. What is it when it's positive and what is it when it's negative? Because most people think change is just negative. It's not true. Um, that's, what, that's what I purposely built into the scared so what model was you can use it regardless if you're scared. What happens if you're getting married or you're buying a new house or you're getting a new car? You know, those are exciting changes, right? Still stressful. You still have, are going to ask, well, so what do I do now? Uh, and that's where you, I need well, to. Well, you still have a plan, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You still need to plan. into a nice house. Yeah, you better have a plan. <laughs> you better have a plan. I'm getting married. You really better have a plan. <laughs> So, so I'll, I'll tell you that, and I'm, I'm going to send you this article that I'm about to mention because it I just it cracks me up, and I, I share it with my sales management students. We have a whole uh, segment on uh, leading, you know, resistance to change, dealing with resistance to change, and why that might uh, why resistance might occur. But it's an article that talks about some of the kind of, and this is uh, I sometimes get skeptical about subjects that start delving into neuroscience that are not neuroscience. You know, I'm like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the neuroscience of, you know, whatever crazy thing that doesn't have that—that's that's barely scientific. But in, in this case, I found it just incredibly cool that uh, basically it's it's these people that are that have researched uh, change, personal change, you know, and done these uh, fMRI brain scans and found that the areas of the brain that light up when you ask somebody to change. Now, as as best I recall, not not a positive change or a negative change, just a change. The areas of the brain that light up are the same that light up when they experience physical, actual physical pain. And pain so you know, they say, well, you know, change hurts, but like, apparently it literally, it literally hurts. Uh, you know, you, it, it's like, well, I'm trying to get this person to sell this new way and it's going to help them perform better and they're going to make more money and, and be able to do cool stuff they couldn't do before. And, and, you know, their bosses are going to be happy. Why on earth won't they do it? It's, it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking them for money. I'm not asking them to, it's going to make life easier. How could they possibly resist? And the answer in some cases is because it just hurts. It hurts to break habits. It's funny you say that. It's our patterns, you know? When I was doing this model, um, uh, when, right, when I was conceptualizing it in the master's program, uh, I used the word fear or scared, and I, I started to focus my research in on that to say, well, what is this? 
And that's when I discovered metaphysophobia, which is the actual fear of change. And you're absolutely right. It can be debilitating for people. Um, it can be crippling to, and people don't understand that. Um, yeah, uh, metaphysophobia of elevators. Uh, or for me, myself, I have a terrible fear of trains. I get on one, but I'm terrified I'm going to miss the needs to stop and end up in Egypt. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I, I battle that myself, you know, and, and living overseas in Europe, you know, there's trains everywhere. So, yeah, um, used to, yeah. But it's funny how what it does to your body. Some of these changes, you, people start to shake. People start to, you know, heart races, palpitations, cold sweats, nervous anxieties. Some people break out in hives. So you're absolutely right. It, it does have a reaction to your body, and it can. Um, everybody's different, right? And how they receive to that. But you also think like, you know, I go back to positive change, getting married, et cetera, uh, or nervous. Some guys have panic attacks. You know, you tell mm -hmm. me that doesn't hurt. It hurts, buddy. You're, you're excited, but you just somehow you can't get that word. I, I, I do <laughs> out, <laughs> you know? So you're absolutely right. Fear and change all related together can actually cause physical pain. Um, and there's emotional pain, uh, you know, which ties back to mental blockages that people receive and people have. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised at all that you found that as well. That's it for this interview. I hope you got something valuable out of it. Of course, if you did, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on whatever app you use to listen. Also, share this with your colleagues and friends, and let's continue to have a deeper discussion on all things related to selling and sales leadership. See you next time in the Sales Lab.